this is like my third beginning because I'm trying to find a good intro to kind of start off of. So I decided I would make this my intro because it's relatable. And they say if you're relatable, people tend to listen. Now, I'm no expert when it comes to making people listen. My only experience making people listen is this podcast. But I can, however, tell you that making people listen is pretty easy when they're interested. Which, unfortunately, I'm not. So, if I remember correctly from my previous episode, which I have a... I talked kind of about like about uh, why Robin Hood had to do this. I don't think I got into enough detail, and I'm probably gonna look back and make sure I'm not you know repeating myself or anything like that. But so to kind of put a long and short breakdown of what really happened there, they uh, the way the market works is you get you have a two day trading period, two days for the trade that you make on the market to process. So what that means is you're having two days. So when you make a trade, right, two days later, that trade is officially yours. And you make a trade usually through a broker. And the broker will own the stocks, but then they'll process the paper to get put into your name. But because because of our desire and our need for instant gratification and simplicity too, they have what's called an instant trade where they give in name, they give you the, the, uh, the, uh, the name, they give you that particular stock and then two days later, your order is processed. It's full, fully finished, processed, and you buy it at whatever your whatever you paid for it. And once that happens, you get a. And then it's officially your stock. And this is the problem you'll have, especially with someone who does a lot of like uh, day trading, where you'll buy something at let's say twelve o'clock, and you'll sell it because it went up two cents at one o'clock. Buy it again when it fell down four cents, and that kind of thing. You know, which is more of a it's more risky thing and it's more risky style of trading and if you want to be successful you have to do it you gotta gotta be able to trade with a lot of money if you want to be successful but random fact for those who are listening at this point still which I, I don't know if they will be but the world's poorest man or the man with the world's most debt I think he owed like 3.7 billion dollars in debt because he, he was a junior trading partner at this uh, French trading firm and he uh, used about a hundred and I believe hundred and ten hundred billion dollars, hundred 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 ten billion dollars, and he was trading. Although I think that might have been the higher estimate, but he was using about almost a, at least a hundred billion dollars of money. He was trading with that, and he was doing he was doing uh, day trading. Now, first off, why would you trade with a hundred billion dollars? That's so much worse of a crime than just trading with like a couple couple hundred million you know trade with a couple hundred million you can make some decent profits I don't know maybe he was part of some kind of hedge fund but he was doing that and he wasn't really good at trading the um, he wasn't really good at trading the market he wasn't really good at making money so he ended up losing 3.7 billion dollars and they found him and so they gave him three years they said hey they gave him three years in prison for for security fraud, that kind of stuff, because he wasn't wasn't his money he was using, and it's not like he was like a hedge fund manager. No, he was just a random junior partner at a big bank, and he took a bunch of money and did this. But as I like to say, effective makes orthodoxy. Effectiveness makes orthodox. In other words, if you're successful at something, people can forgive you a lot of things. If you take some of their money and you trade with it and you make a hundred thousand dollars in profit off of say ten thousand dollars. And you casually just pause all that. That's, that's a little bit different than, you know, 
taking the $10,000, losing it on a bad trade. Because then, you know, at least there's the, well, yeah, you made some money off of it. That kind of helps. But with all that, basically, he didn't know how to trade, so he ended up losing a lot of money. And he got three years in prison, and now he's got to spend the rest of his life paying it back. And, of course, no no place is going to, no security firm is allowed to hire him, like a like public trading security firm, that kind of stuff. No banks, they can't hire him. Basically, any, any type of money sort of related topic, he can't be hired. So, now you may have probably heard at some point, maybe background, maybe cars, because I'm sitting in my car waiting for my sister. I have to pick her up from uh, from her piano practice. But yeah, but that's basically what's happening. So I'm not sure whether I'll consider this like a short, because I look at the clock right now. I've been speaking for almost five minutes. I could end it now, but I don't really want to end it now. I feel like a longer episode. But basically that's back to my original topic that is what happens robin hood they and so yes yeah, so they have to so there's a two-day trading period but for robin hood because of the increased volatility because it was insane volatility i'm pretty sure the price of jimmy currently is like 60 bucks something like around there at least it was yesterday when i checked it was like 62 dollars 63 dollars yeah so it's like 63 62 63 dollars or so roughly and but the volatility the amount of shares that were being traded each day was insane it was so much that, and the market was so volatile that in order to like slow down, make sure everything's rushed because you're buying a share and you're doing it. And the broker is actually, they're actually, when you make, when you make a share, the broker is, uh, they are uh, making a, they're making a deposit. They have a security. They're putting their own cash saying this trade will be done. So if your money doesn't go through, they can go through. That's what's going to happen. And that's what happens here with, uh, that's what happened here, except they they had their normal amount of money, which they had, which they always every every broker has to have, whether E-Trade, Ameritrade, uh, eToro. Actually, I think eToro is actually Bitcoin like that and uh, crypto cryptocurrencies. But uh, or uh, Robin Robinhood, all those brokers they have to do that, and so, but because of this, the SEC said, you know, we need we want more money, so they doubled the amount of uh, securities, amount of of a bond that they have to have, and because of that, the uh, Robinhood had to, had to raise a bunch of money because they didn't have that much cash, which kind of makes me wonder if you're in that kind of business, maybe, just maybe, getting a lot more cash on hand is a good idea. In other words, uh, if you're running a business, make sure you got lots of cash on hand. Make sure you got like an emergency fund because those good times you're selling in now, they're not going to stay around forever, and those bad times you're in right now. Emergency fund won't solve all your problems, but it sure won't hurt them. And say you're running below, you can make sure you make payroll, that kind of stuff. That's some good stuff. So I think I think I'm gonna try talking for a while now until I hit like 10 minutes or so. Or who knows me if I hit a good topic. But that's but they had to double that fund, and they had of course get get some. That's why they raised money from Citadel, which is connected to them, and Random Fact Citadel. Citadel is also connected to Melvin Capital, one of the big hedge funds that got really hurt by it. Which is a point I heard a lot of people talk about how it's they're being funded by a company that funds a company being hurt by the short squeeze. So of course they're going to decrease it. Now, I, that was my original thought. I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense because it is kind of logical. If you're a, if you're the bank, you finance the one you finance the broker and you're financing the hedge fund. If the hedge fund's losing money and the broker is part of the reason because they're they're who's processing most of the orders, you can kind of see that. But 
that's really what we have here in that kind of situation. And so, yeah, I think that's that's, that's the breaking out of that part. That's where you can see some of the calls for it. Now, I personally do believe that that did influence it. I don't know if it did enough to, like, to cause for it. But I think... I think I think we're all focusing on the wrong people, though. Everyone's blaming Robin Hood, but I don't think Robin Hood's to blame. I think Robin Hood simply had to raise cash. That's why they raised their cash, and they couldn't afford to increase to uh, they couldn't afford the increased volatility, and so they did. So they uh, put a limit on the shares. Now, should they have done so? I don't think so. I don't think it was a good idea because it was a terrible PR marketing, a mess for them. Because the second they did it, the shares immediately started dropping. Which is very, it's not a good thing. You don't want that. Uh, you don't want your, you don't want your name associated with people being mad at you. That's just a general rule. Unless you're trying to get attention, which they're not. They're trying to get uh, people to spend their money on their program. Unless you're trying to get attention, you don't want people thinking of you as, oh, that's the that's that company, Robinhood, the company that said they'd help us. They were like the, they were like the Robinhood of trading firms. They would like you know zero charges that kind of stuff. Allow the little man to get ahead. But when the little man was getting ahead, they stopped him. You don't want people thinking like that about your company. That's just bad PR. But on the on the flip side, though, there is a saying: no publicity is bad publicity. And apparently, in the last like, I believe it was on Wednesday, on the on the time from Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, they had they received 177,000 downloads apparently on on Apple because of all this attention. Because they're in the news so much, they're getting a lot more exposure. And people are going, oh, what's this thing? So I'm kind of mixed. I'm not sure whether I would say that it was a complete failure or a complete succeed. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to lose their money because they invested into GME. I think a lot of people are going to lose their money and be very proud of it. And I think some people are going to go, yeah, I lost money. So what? Well, I think that's what I got to say. I'm probably going to have to re-listen to this and make sure I'm not repeating myself and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I guess... Uh, Follow me on whatever platform you're on, and uh, yeah, see you in the next one.